Hello, welcome to GunfighterCast, episode number 116. Got a really good episode lined up for you today with Chris Henderson of Three Doors Down. Just wanted to let you know, Rockstar's curse, right? Uh, he drops quite a few F-bombs, and but he has a lot of really good information, and I think it was a really, really great episode, and it just was going to be impossible to keep the dialogue going the way it needed to be with his energy and his enthusiasm about what he cares about. So I'm letting it run. Just to let you know that if you have your wife and kids in the car or if you're at work, it may not be safe for work. Put on some headphones somewhere and listen. This episode is explicit. Here it is. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 116. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw. Uh, this episode, I've got a really special guest here, a legendary rock star, if you will, Chris Henderson, guitarist from Three Doors Down. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Pretty excited. This is going to be a, a good episode because it's exact, it's got a lot of things in it uh, that I think the listeners are going to really care about. So I, I'm really excited about talking to you. I have to say, you know, I, I, there's like Vietnam era has their music. Uh, World War II had their music. OIF 1 and 2 and 3, Three Doors Down were all up in that. You know, that was like in, in my global war on terrorism generation and what we did. Somebody was always blasting Three Doors Down. So this is really cool for me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, first thing I want to ask you. Your Instagram says guitarist for Three Doors Down, and then the very next line it says Second Amendment supporter. Yep. A rock star, a man who has accomplished everything you have. Why is the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment why is that your line, your second line in your bio, and you only have a few short words that you can use in that bio? Why do you think that's important to have that in there? Well, I think that, you know, if, if my Instagram being as visible as it is, um, I think that it's important that people know that that's something that is on the radar. I mean, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't even, they don't even care. They don't, they don't, they don't get it. They don't know that it could be in jeopardy or what it even stands for or how it came about. And I feel as an American, it's, you know, it's your birthright after, after the country was established. And, uh, and, and we should always, I think, at least know it's there in case we have to fight for it. Cause you never know what's going to happen around here. Yeah, a lot of folks don't understand that Second Amendment. You know, they have no clue, and then the the media perpetuates lies and, and misinformation like crazy. So it, it's awesome seeing people in the public spotlight like yourself that are not only because there's a lot of people out there who train. There's a lot of celebrities that do. Very few of them are vocal about it because it's it's so taboo uh, in the circles that they walk in. So you know, good on you for that, and we appreciate it. That's uh, I travel and I teach. I, I just quit my job here at actually Point Blank Range as a director of training, so I'm going to start going full-time, traveling, teaching again, uh, running my own company again. Nobody knows that, so that's the first time they're hearing about it. Doing media and podcasting full-time and, and creating video content. And, you know, my overall goal for everything is, and I ask myself this question with my classes, my, my media content, everything else, is this bettering and helping defend the Second Amendment, or is there some way this could be used to counter the Second Amendment? And because that it's bigger than me, it's it's bigger than my bank account, it's bigger than everything else. It's it's my my kids, my family, everybody else, the, the future generations. We have to safeguard that and be good stewards of it and protect it. I agree, hundred percent. Do you regularly train with the firearms? I, I train as often as I possibly can, and it's really difficult to do uh, when when with the schedule that I keep. So I don't have you know. I can't say that I train, you know, once every three days or once a week or once a month, but when I do, I do. And, um, the band, everyone in the band trains. 
and which is really cool. And everyone in the band is really okay with it. So we stop all over the country when we're on tour and we hit different ranges, different gun clubs that'll have us and uh, train with as many people as we possibly can. And, and over the last year or so, um, I've gotten to know some pretty cool people in the industry and, uh, I've trained with a few of them and, uh, and just, you know, went out and had some fun with a lot of them as well. Uh, there was a band, uh, I want to say JD and the Moonshine Band is what it was. Uh, they came to Wichita, Kansas out of Nashville, country band. And I was working as a director of training at Thunderbird Farms Academy then. And every day, the evening before their, their show, they go to a local range and have some shooting event where people on the radio, somebody wins to go shoot and have a machine gun shoot or something with them. And they do that before every show in every city that they're in. Uh, I'm sure they don't have the schedule you guys do, but it's, uh, I thought that was really cool. And they were doing that not really for, to, for their own promotion, but they could have been promoting anything on those radio ads that they were paying for, but they were trying to give away a second amendment experience to people. And uh, they do that everywhere they go. And I thought that was awesome. Really cool. So that's great. Good stuff that you guys are going out doing that. So you do train. You know, why do you do that? Why do you train? Why do you do you feel like you want to train as often as possible? Well, I feel like if, you know, if you're going to own a gun, I mean, I get it. It's, it's, it's your birthright in America as an American to own a gun. But why wouldn't you learn how to use it? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that that own that don't necessarily need to that to pull it out or you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not afraid to say it either. There's people who, ha- who own guns, yeah. have no business carrying guns. I, I As a trainer, I see it all the time. Yeah, I, I see law enforcement sometimes, and I'm like, hey, we really need to do some work. You really probably shouldn't have that on your side right now. That's the reality of where we're at. I'm not afraid to say that because that's that's what I see, and and it's the truth. And I'm a believer in truth. That's yeah, that's good. I mean, I and I and I feel the same way. And I think that um, you know, you you need to at least I, look. I'm a novice shooter to a, to a lot of people's standards. I mean, I shoot as much as I can, and and I've learned a lot in the last you know, four or five years. But at the same time, I'm not anywhere where I need to be or where I want to be. I want to be, I want to be good and I want to be safe. And, and, uh, and I want my children to, to, to feel like, like they know what's going on as well. And in order to teach them, I have to know. So that's why I train. That's important. You know, I, I run into people sometimes that want their ego stroked, that want to feel like, oh, you're awesome. You don't need any more. You are totally there. You're great. And sometimes it just happens on the internet and people are like, how dare you tell me I need more training? You don't even know me. And I'm like, well, from my, from my perspective, I've spent my life carrying a gun. From the time I, a month after I turned 17, I was at Paris Island, handed a rifle and became a Marine, deployed multiple combat tours, uh, have used my gun and used deadly force, have been involved in somebody trying to use deadly force on me on numerous occasions, been in some pretty serious fights and battles, and I've spent my life training and trying to get better and training Marines at every level, from the basic infantry level to some high-speed units. I recently was in training the Marines that, that work for the, uh, I can't really say exactly what they do, but they they work at Thermont Naval Support Station that's in Thermont, Maryland. You can Google that and figure out what they do. It's like all these different levels. I still can say the exact same thing that you just said, Chris, I could say that I am nowhere near where I want to be. Not at my level as a trainer, at my level that I want to be as a shooter, as a defensive shooter, as someone that I want to be more prepared. How can we possibly be as prepared as we can be for such a dynamic situation that, that we have no idea what it's going to look like, what's going to run into, that I am nowhere near where I want to be as a father, shooter, any of those things. I work every day to get there, right? So I, it, it blows my mind when people think that they're they're totally have arrived because they can draw their gun and shoot a target in a second. You know, it's like that. Right. That's a small piece. That's the easy part, actually. 
there's so much more to it and have a little bit of humility about yourself right that's uh absolutely <laughs> that's lacking a lot especially out there in the internet gun world yeah speaking of training you recently released a video that displayed some unsafe activity from i i didn't really see a lot of the heavy backlash but from your response after that sound like it did get some pretty heavy backlash i just wanted to ask you why did you post that that video well let me just i'll just back up when like when when, when that thing when i when i put that out there um, I made a decision after the fact to do that, and I'll set it up by saying that um, when that incident went down, um, like I said in my response, it was one of those things like when you're sitting on an airplane and you hit rough turbulence, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, do I need to freak out? What, what's happening? Is this plane going down? And you look at the flight attendants, and they're all kind of calm and collective. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of that situation. And I didn't, you know, I had conversation with my wife about it. I had a conversation with a couple other students in the class about that. And they all kind of said the same thing, like, what the hell just happened? And, and you know, why didn't anyone notice? And, and, and the reason is that no one noticed is because we had hearing protection on. We've been shooting for two days. Guns were going off. Guns had been going off. It wasn't like, you know, no one noticed that went down until that video came out. A year later, when one of the students in the class sent me that video. And I was, I mean, dude, it was like watching the same scene I was talking about before where, where the, where you're hitting rough turbulence and looking at the flight attendants and they're all calm. And then a year later looking at a video from another passenger and seeing that the plane was actually on fire. You know what I mean? Like that's when I saw it the second time, I was like, Holy shit, like people could have died. That could have, that could have been really bad. And that's why I put that video up because I feel I've, I've had some other training with some other places and, uh, um, it's, I'm not going to say anything bad about the people at that particular school or any body, because that's not my style. The video speaks for itself. And, and that was just one incident. So, you know, I'm not, there was some good stuff that went down that weekend as well. And, uh, and I learned a few things, but I've trained with other people since then. And a lot of that stuff that was taught that day and in that, in that particular course, <sighs> You run into when you when you work somewhere else, you run into like a, a wall with a lot of that training. You have to kind of just take the take what you can use from there and incorporate it into what you're getting at the new place. If that makes sense. Totally. Same thing I, I pushed to my guys. Train with me. Get my perspective, but get somebody else's perspective. That you're going to make soup with whatever whatever works great for you. Yeah, I think so, and, and and I like that, and I think that's a good thing, and I think that um, you know, I took what I could use from that from that particular school and brought it to the next school that I went to and kind of combined all the training. What I will say about that and another reason that that video went up is because after I did that school and I did that training, um, I had a whole year to reflect on on what I did there. And it wasn't the actions. It wasn't the movements and the, and the, and the physical part of it and, the, and what I learned as a shooter there. It was the mindset that was being kind of put out there at that school. I, I didn't necessarily like it and I didn't, and, and hey man, call me a pussy or call me a fucking sissy or I haven't been in a firefighter. I don't need to keep my gun on me. You know, I, I, I don't know about, you know, just training to kill people. It doesn't make sense to me. Training for self-preservation and protecting protection of my family is one thing, but training to kill and to win a firefight only, you know, and that's that's what I felt like was happening. 
Yeah, I could see that. You know, uh, you know, I, that's one of the things people that listen to Gunfighter Cast have heard me talk about this before. I'll, I'll have a whole team of SWAT cops on the range, and I'll tell them why they train, why they spend extra time training, and it's not because they want to be a better killer. They don't want to be better at hurting people. These are good, solid people out there. Uh, I don't want to train my students to kill. I want to train them to survive, and I, I want to, I, and I want them, and, and and when it's time to turn on violence. We need to be able to turn violence to 11. I mean, you crank it up full blast, and that violence is 100% on. But you're doing that, and you're training, and you're spending time training, I believe, because of love. Because I want to stay here on this planet and provide for my family. I want to stay here and protect my family. I want to stay here and keep uh, being in their lives. I want, to, I want to make sure they stay alive. So I'm doing these things out of love, not because I want to go hurt people and like I, I have some I'm judge, jury, and executioner, and I, I want to go kill bad guys. Like That's not what it's about at all, not even a little bit. It's not what it's about in the military. Uh, you know, you have to turn that on sometimes, but it's not what it's about. You know, and that's, I, I don't know what school it is. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what, what school it is or, or the instructors or any of those things. The purpose of this and the reason I had you on the show was because of what I read when you had that, that response to that release in the video. You said a few things that, that really struck me that were some, some things I've recently talked about on this show. And one of them was the idea that when you're a new shooter, a new student, and you're just getting into this world of self-defense with a firearm, you don't know what's safe. You don't know what's acceptable. You don't know what's okay. Matt Stagliano and I from Firelands Media were talking in a few episodes ago about some really unsafe media content creators that are doing some dangerous stuff out there that are getting people hurt, and they're going to get people killed. We were talking about some, some trainers that are doing some things that are getting people hurt and are going to get people killed. Very dangerous. People have died already from unsafe training. They have been hurt from unsafe training. There's no room for it in our industry. There's no room for it. We, we shouldn't accept it as students. We shouldn't accept it as instructors and trainers for each other. We should hold each other accountable. But at the same time, there's so many new gun owners and new shooters coming in. They don't know. Chris, I had somebody message me on Facebook and say, hey, I know you're a trainer and you used to train near where I live. I went, my wife went to a class and there was an instructor where the shooter wasn't shooting very good. So he went and stood right next to the target. The idea was to pressure him into shooting good. Is that okay? Is that normal? And I was like, heck no, it's not okay. It's not normal. First of all, you can't correct a fundamental error with stress, right? That, that, does, that just doesn't work in any industry, any line of training, anything at all. But I, I kept explaining to him, and that's why we, me, me and Matt did that episode on it, was there's no reason that should happen. But these students, they didn't know that that was wrong and that that was unsafe. And that's kind of what you explained happened down there at that range in that video. You're like, is this normal, right? Uh, look around. Everybody's accepting it, so it must be cool, right? Yes, exactly right. And, you know, the whole two days was just filled with aggressive, you know, hey, you're a pussy if you don't do it this way and, you know, fuck you and blah, blah, blah. You're a fucktard and get your fucking finger off the fucking this and fuck you. And, you know, I've been fucking people all my life. And, you know, it was just this whole thing and this whole two days of that. And, um, man, by that time, I wasn't, I was completely intimidated by the instructors. I wasn't, tr I wasn't, I wasn't like, um, you know, looking up to them for their knowledge and their experience. I was fucking, you know, I was like, God damn, is, am I doing something wrong every time I every time I make a move here? I was scared to death that I was going to say something and get screamed at, you know, and 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 I had my wife with me. Both of us novice shooters, you know, both of us uh, had been just training, a, you know, in a, a minimal amount. And we man, we didn't know what was what was happening there. I, I hadn't shot with any of those people before. And uh, was definitely wouldn't have been okay with anyone shooting from behind me if I'd have really known what was happening. But once it happened, man, I mean, you have to make a, a a decision based on that instant. And 
you know, what I went through those, those two days didn't get me ready for that. I wasn't, but basically what I'm trying to say is I didn't think it was okay to speak up. And that, that, that might be on me. That might be a bad on me. I was going to ask, do you feel like you were intimidated by the instructors, by the way that that whole class was built and the way they were acting that, that basically yes. you were, you were uncool or, or like a pansy for, for speaking up. Like that's part of the reason yeah. why you didn't. Right. That was part of the reason why I didn't. Yeah. I imagine that you look back on that and, and as a man, you're like, my wife was there. I, I should have called this out. You know, uh, it was in the face of something that was wrong. I didn't say anything. Have you, have you had that feeling since? I do it every single day. And especially since this video went up and there was a lot more than of just that incident that I probably should have said something about as a husband and a man, I should have said something about the way they were speaking around her, you know, and, and the way that they were just so cavalier and so frat boy, you know, it was like, it wasn't so much about how good they were and how good they could help me become. It was more about how many chicks they banged and how many firefights they had been in and all these different things. And, and, you know, I, look, man, I get it. There's a lot of people out there that are that are just gung ho and and fucking operator as fuck. I get it. And, and I respect that if you work for it. But I was there to get better. I was there to learn how to carry and to learn how to be a safe operator of a firearm in the public, you know, out there around people. I mean, I carry every single day, everywhere I go, no matter I fly and I get off, you know, and I go and I carry everywhere. And I want to, you know, I want to know that I'm a safe, that I'm safe. And, and I, it was just, it was just hard, man, at that particular, I didn't, it was hard there. Man, I, that, I think that's a, a lot of humility right there to say that, you know, and this is going to be public and released that, that, you know, you felt like you should have said something, but you didn't. I mean, that's, it's powerful stuff. Uh, I encourage the listeners out there, if you find yourself in a situation like that, where there's, where there's, on something unsafe going on, something tra something training wise, or or it's dangerous, or uh, it's just flat out wrong, and you know this to be wrong, and, and this is and it's wrong in such a way that it can endanger lives or hurt somebody. We need to speak up. We we can't allow these things to happen. I tell my instructors that work for me, if you let someone do something wrong, whether it's safety or fundamental related or conceptual or it doesn't really matter, if you let somebody do something wrong, you might as well have taught it. You're basically saying that's okay. I, I agree with what you just did. That is just fine. If you don't make a correction, you're giving them permission, and you might as well have taught it that way. And that's tough, man. It's tough when you got all these other people who, and you got some, you got some guys who went to the concert wearing the t-shirt, the right? Wearing the band t-shirt, and then these guys are, are, you know, that they're going to look at you like you're crazy if you say something about it because they're just fanboys, and that the people can do no wrong in their eyes. And that's that's what you're running into, and it's difficult. And even if you don't feel like you have to say something, pack up your range bag and get out of there, man. Roll out. There's another class somewhere else that's going to be better. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and and after that experience, I will always be able to 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 speak up from now on. And 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 I because I mean I get it. I get the gun community is cool with it. You know what I mean? Most ninety nine percent of the people that I'm going to train with from here on out, no matter where I train, are going to be okay with speaking up if you feel something's unsafe because they were basically. I mean, I've heard from other people in this class since this video's popped up. And a lot of them were like, dude, man, I was there and I don't, I can't believe no one said anything. I didn't say anything. I don't know. I didn't know what to say. And, you know, and then of course there's a couple of them that were like, fuck you. You're a, you're the biggest pansy we've ever, you know, you don't deserve to own a gun. You're, you should, um, you should put a dress on and, and blah, blah, you know, you get that. And 
So in case you guys don't know, uh, the link to this is in the show notes. So, you know, pause this, go watch that video and, and check it out. Uh, I'll link it to Chris's Facebook page so you can follow him if that can work that link out on Facebook. Uh, those of you who don't use Facebook, I'm sure it's out there somewhere else. But people are, are shooting on the move. There were some questionable things and some statements in there well, even during that process. There, without talking about all the other tactic questionable things that I saw in there, just the safety-related piece, there was a, a gentleman in a wheelchair way back behind everybody. It's hard to tell from the video, estimate range, but it looked to me he was probably in the ballpark of 10 yards behind all the other shooters that were up there right in front of the targets at about the 3-yard line. He may have been about the 12-yard line, you know, possibly 10 to 15, somewhere in that area. And then they're on a rocky, uneven surface, and they have him draw his gun and start shooting because he was behind. He couldn't wheel his chair and shoot at the same time. So they have him draw his gun, the instructors do, and they're pushing his wheelchair that's, that's shaking left and right because it's getting caught on rocks. Very A lot of deviation there while this guy's trying to aim and shoot one-handed uh, with people basically almost right in front of him. Uh, he's got a small lane to shoot from. It was incredibly scary. Not something that I would even consider allowing to happen. It doesn't make sense in any way whatsoever. Risk versus reward. The reward was not there to mitigate the risk. You know, there's risk involved with going to the range. There's risk involved with driving to the range. And we're we're accepting a small amount of risk, and we're doing everything we can to mitigate that risk for what we're doing. Uh, because one, we want to be safer when that really violent act happens, which is why we're out there taking some of these risks to begin with. But those are grossly unnecessary risks on the other students there, and the instructors are 100% to blame. And and it's not right at all. Yeah, and you know, I'll say something about the guy that in the video, the guy shooting, the guy in the wheelchair. He um. He he really he, he was really able to uh, he was a good shooter that guy man he, you know I, I'm not gonna say anything bad about his shooting at all or, or the way that he handled his weapon he you know he impressed me that kid he was a good shooter man and and uh, and so that that I got nothing but respect for him um, just but man looking at that a, a year later at the last few days I've kind of I've kind of kissed my wife a lot harder I've hugged my kids a lot harder it's it's been you know to see what could have happened. And not just to me, but to anyone in that class, you know? Yep. Human life, man. Most precious thing on the planet. It is. I was going to say, and, and, to, and to have someone say, well, you should have asked for your money back versus, you know, being concerned over your life or to have someone say that you don't deserve to own a gun because, because you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is people have been in the last few days on the Internet, especially mostly people from one particular gun channel. Um that is a, that is uh, pro that school, um, 100% pro that school. Have said some pretty nasty things and um, and, and you know about um, about that day and about you know the four firearm safety rules and all that stuff. And and my answer to that is like you know like I said in my post, maybe the four firearm safety rules weren't specifically violated. But do they have to be in order for someone to die? And, you know, I, I can name just a few incidents that you can look up online where instructors where firearms instructors have been hurt or killed um, by students that didn't mean in any way, shape or form to violate one of those four firearm rules. This guy had some help and, you know, he still didn't. So kudos to him. But man. You know, you get what I'm trying to say. So, no, a rule does not have to be violated. What they did was create a condition that made the rule violation 
incredibly easy to happen. It was it was almost yeah. it, it was it was they were they were practically lucky that it didn't that it didn't happen right there. Now, fortunately, they probably had an understanding of that that guy's ability that was in the wheelchair. But even still, with a high level of, of ability to shoot, the way that wheelchair was turning left and right and getting caught on rocks and everything else, they created a very unsafe situation where they were no longer in control of basically the safety of the students on the line in the close vicinity of, of that shooter's target. And it had been a, a lot of mistakes that they were opening up to possibly happen, and it's not worth it. There was absolutely no reason to do that. Why do you think there was that? Why do you think these people are so pissed at you, and why do you think they're coming after you? Well, th- there's a lot of reasons that they're mad at me, and, and the number one reason is because um, because I waited a year to put the video up. And the reason I waited a year, point blank, is it took me a year to find this video. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I, and, and I, I'm not going to say that I found it. It was, it was shown to me. It was sent to me. And uh, when I saw it, I was like, holy crap. You know, a whole year later, it sunk in what happened that day. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you're laying awake, you're in your bed, you're just about to fall asleep, and all of a sudden this, that, that incident pops into your head, then you're awake for three hours. You know, that was that was kind of what, what my year was like this past year. And when I saw that video, I was like, well, there it is, man. And, and, the, and these guys are doing this stuff. And I was able to take that whole experience and what happened that day and that video and make a decision, you know, right then. And, and I think that talking to the people that that I got the video from, they wanted to remain anonymous because they're in the industry. But they really wanted that video out there. They wanted guys like you and instructors that care to see it. You know what I mean? And they didn't want any names mentioned. They didn't say anything about the school or the, or the people that own it or the, or the guys that teach that class, nothing but, you know, none of that, you know, not, not a witch hunt, like, like, uh, you know, like we talked about, but they wanted it out there because they want people to know that it exists and that people are being trained this way. I want people to know that it's not okay. And all the instructors that I walk with and, and talk to and, and learn from and we share information with each other. And, and these are the biggest names out there that I, that I associate with closest, or closest with. And I got a lot of friends at, at different levels out there in the training world. The people that I know, and these are the, the top names out there. I'm not saying that as a, as an arrogance thing or a bragging thing. It's like I'm fortunate to be somehow among them and, and they talk to me. They would all look at this and cringe and say, that's not okay that's not all right. And anybody that says that's all right needs to reevaluate their training, needs to reevaluate their life, and needs to reevaluate what they're doing because it is not safe and there's no reason that should be happening. And every single one of them would say that. And I'll say that. And if those people find this link that are uh, going after Chris and, and, and sending the backlash, I don't need to defend Chris. He's a grown man. But my opinion, what you've done is right. You could say the name of the company. You can display that. I wouldn't fault you for doing those things. But what I... I like the way you did it because you say, this is not okay. This is what I felt. This is the way it went down. This is why I didn't do what I should have done. This, I, 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 for the, for the sake of other people training so they can learn from it. So they can't put themselves, they don't put themselves at risk like you did. And then they don't have to beat themselves up about it for the next year because of what their action or their inaction when those things took place. So I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people are upset that something that grossly unsafe was shared on the internet. You know what? If you do right, you have to fear no man. I had a, 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 a colonel tell me that, uh, our battalion, he said all the time. He would say, do right and fear no man. So if you do right, do the right thing, you don't have anything to fear. But if you're doing things like that and you, you let your ego just run away, 
like a lot of instructors do like that, or not, I wouldn't say a lot, but but some of them are doing like that because they know that they can they can control these people on the line. Uh, they 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 can they can basically make them do whatever they want them to do. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's irresponsible for the instructor. The instructor lacks integrity, and they need to check their ego and and basically put their little instructor credentials down for a second and go probably see it done the right way. And you guys can send me all the backlash you want. I love the haters, so no problem whatsoever. Doesn't bother me. Send it to me. It's all good. So, Chris, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'm about to launch a new website. I'm not going to say the name of it wrong here right now because it's not ready yet. It'll probably be later this week, and I've got some classes on the calendar, and it'll continue to fill up more and more on the calendar. I would love to have you and your wife in any class. You let me know if we've got a city that gets close together at some time. I, I would love to have you guys in a class. Train, and the, the way you're talking, I, I think that you would really enjoy and get a lot out of what we're doing. You'd be a good, productive member of the class, a good good student, So, I, and I, I would love to have you anytime. You just... Just let me know. It'd be great. Thank you. And any and other instructors out there, you know that I, I could. And when we're offline, I could I could recommend plenty. You probably already know because I know you're in you're in the game pretty heavily. Who's good and who's not. So there's a uh, there's a lot of guys doing it right out there. They're not all doing it the same as me, and they don't have to be right. So that's and that's the best part right. about it. Uh, get my perspective. Go get somebody else's perspective, and and learn and 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 do what works for you. And you'll get a little piece here and there. And uh, that's what I tell all my students to do. That's what I'm doing. I'm planning on taking about twelve classes this next year. Just quit my job me and the wife are traveling in an rv making videos taking classes and teaching classes and it's going to be absolutely awesome that was one of my announcements that uh, i was going to make on my facebook page here recently the the last thing that uh that i guess i'll say is um what do you think that we could do as a community you know one as a community i, I don't believe that any mortal man should tell me what training i should have to carry a gun there's nobody that should have that authority on this planet but at the same time as a community we have to inspire people to get training and inspire each other to get training. When you see that other person handling the gun unsafely or they're doing something or they're saying something that's inaccurate, I believe it's our, our uh, being the ones that know a little bit more. We don't have to be uh, egotistical about it or, or condescending about it, but just, hey, maybe why don't you come to this class with me next week? I'm going to go do this. Let's go, let's go learn this. Let's go do that. What do you think we could do as a community to help protect those new shooters from unsafe training? I think that um, just raising awareness, um, especially for new shooters. I mean, not everybody who owns a gun is, uh, is, uh, 100% so cavalier that they can handle, you know, anything said and anything done. And, and not a lot of people, you know, once people get into the training of a firearm and they, and they realize the, what's actually happening, it may not be for them. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think that they should be free to make that decision on their own. And I think that, um, Instruction should be uh, informative and it should be passed down in a way that is professional and from a humble source. You know what I mean? No one wants to learn how to fly from Superman. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just, you know, they, and, I, and I think that if we just keep kind of that, if everyone in the industry can could agree on that one thing and maybe it kind of leaks out into different people and different trainers and, and, and people take that shit seriously instead of just, Instead of just saying, "Hey, look, this is how this is how I do it." If you don't do it this way, you're number one gonna die, and number two, you're an asshole. You know what I mean? Just I don't think there's room for that. This is this is real life situation, and, and that that people are training to be in. Yeah. And you know that one school isn't the only game out there, and that one style of training isn't the only game out there. And I think that you know people should somehow we should figure out how to get that information out there where people can figure it out for their own and not be intimidated by these guys and maybe give up on 
taking on shooting as a, as a passion. Like, you know what I mean? Like could have happened to anyone in that class that day on accident. Yeah. They're like, you know what? This isn't for me. You know, it's, it's my responsibility as an instructor. If I get it right, I could save a life or save multiple lives. If I get it wrong, someone could end up in jail the rest of their life. They could get hurt or killed. Like it's, it's our responsibility to make sure we're getting it right. And any instructor should take that on. Steve Fisher and I were talking in a recent episode about community. Uh, Matt and I did too, but we were talking about community in the firearms industry. Right now we have an industry and it would be awesome if the training side became more of a community, uh, where we learn from each other. Then we stuck, cause I, I, people don't do it much anymore because I've pretty much stopped it, but people would tag me in things on Facebook all the time. They're like, Hey man, look what this moron's doing. And they tag me in like 10 other instructors and they, they do it not because they, they want to raise awareness or, or anything else or learn how not to do it or how to do it or anything else. They do it in a way that's, hey, let's all go make fun of this guy and eat our own and put this person down and be really, really mean to him. And because you guys came to my page and did that, it's kind of like you're lending credibility to me because I found this guy and I recognize that it's bad too. That's not how we should be getting credibility. That's not how we should be doing. We should be helping each other and bringing them up. And there's going to be some people that fall to the side, and that's just evolution. Great. Your business is over because you're doing it wrong. And I love that idea. And if you're doing it, if you're like, you know what? I was doing something. I have changed my mind about so many things in the last three years. I have learned things from some, so many other instructors and mentors out there that have helped me along the way. I have literally changed my mind about things that I used to teach. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I... I that's okay. I think I'll change my mind this year about some new stuff when I take more classes with people. And I'm growing. And that's that's what I want to do as a student. Because I'm a student that just gets to teach people sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was a student more often. And that's why I'm taking this year to, to be a student more often because I want to learn. I want to develop some new stuff. And I, I want to grow and it's and, and help build that idea of the community out there. And because I, I, I get along with most everybody. I don't have a whole lot of the haters out there. And I, and I, I love that. I don't mind the haters. But it's... Don't you said it? Don't be an asshole, right? Like that's that's the gist of it. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, is there anything that we left out that you need to say? Get off your chest. Anything else uh, about that? No, I think we're good, man. And and you just kind of hit the nail on the head with that last statement. You know, just when you're training people, novice shooters especially, and people that that aren't really, um, you know, that aren't, haven't necessarily been in a firefight <laughs> or. <laughs> Uh, aren't operator or, you know, haven't been to SEAL training or any of that stuff and don't really know what they're doing. If they're there paying their hard-earned money for you to teach them how to be a safe operator of a firearm or, you know, how to win a gunfight, at least don't be an asshole while you're doing it, man, because that doesn't really do anybody any good. You know, one thing I've learned in the past four years out here in the civilian world since I retired from the Marine Corps, most of everything that I did violence-wise in the military or operational-wise doesn't apply to self-defense at 2 a.m. at the gas pumps. Doesn't apply to yeah. you and a handgun. There's a small percentage that does, and there's some things that I bring into the class that does, but most of that does not apply. It doesn't matter what I did. And don't ju- I One of my favorite compliments people give me, like, are you sure you're a Marine? Because you don't say it all the time. I'm not like, rah, rah, blah, blah, everything else. And I, I, you might talk to me for a whole week, and I won't even say anything about the Marine Corps at all. That's one of my favorite compliments that I get from a lot of people out there is because I, I want you to judge me on what I can do right now what I'm trying to do tomorrow, what I did in the past, it may help me in some ways and, and it helps me with some credibility and some other things, but it is not what I want to rely on as an instructor. I want to rely on my personality and, and transferring knowledge and transferring the right knowledge. And some of that knowledge isn't from experiential knowledge. It's academic. It's learning from other people. It's reading. It's yeah. just studying violence. It's research driven. And, and it's not from what I did in, 
in cities in Iraq or anything else. It's from work that I did since then. Well, I agree. That's, that's good stuff, man. I, you know, I did 11 years in the Navy. I was a CB. And, and all the stuff I did in, in, the, in the military, I, I was never one time called a fucktard, you know, by, by an instructor. I was always treated with respect, and I learned from that. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, uh, you know, I'm 45 years old. I don't want to be called. You got time for that, man. On the, on the line. <laughs> I'm not on the line, and, and, and I don't want to. I don't want people talking down to me all day long. You know, not when, not when I pay 500 bucks a day. The the funny thing is, you know, that I, I forget the exact quote. I'm totally going to slaughter it, but Einstein says something like, uh, "Everybody's a genius, but they may not be a genius at what you're a genius at." That doesn't make them any less of a genius, right? So maybe right. maybe you were being an F-tard out there with the handgun, but dude, pick up a guitar and have him come to your class. And the tables have turned, right? So, like you, you were you were obviously amazing at many other things in life. Uh, so what? You can't do that one thing that that guy has one thing that he can do. Uh, just the the ego of that. Somebody needs to go read Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot and realize how small and insignificant he is. Hey guys, Daniel here. Thank you so much for being a part of Gunfighter Cast and a listener of the show. If you feel that you get something out of Gunfighter Cast and you enjoy the show, why not pledge a dollar or two dollars through our Patreon site? Basically, you pledge one or two bucks an episode. When uh, some content is released at the end of that month, your card will get charged. Pretty simple and easy way to support the show when you're getting content. If not, all good. You're going to keep getting them for free. Thanks again for listening and being a part of the show. Chris, I really appreciate you coming on the show. A lot of good information there uh, for the listeners out there. Where can people find you? <laughs> That's what I usually ask people, but you know, we're, we're talking like uh, bands and stuff, so Three Doors Down. So, um, Well, the Three Doors Down website, obviously, is threedoorsdown.com, then the Facebook page, and then we also have a um, – everybody in the band has their own Instagram account and Twitter account, which would be the first name of the band member, Three Doors Down, or 3DD. So like mine is at Chris3DD. Uh, or at Chris Three Doors Down, and uh, pretty easy to find on the internet. Don't hide, you know. We, we're pretty public, and uh, feel free to stop by, say hello. We all run our own account. Let, so. let me ask this: um, just just jumped in my head. I think it's important to highlight when you've got people doing good things. As, as a a global war on terrorism veteran, uh, and like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, uh, we were all listening to Three Doors Down. Uh, I used to ride down MSR Tampa behind a two forty, and we're all singing Three Doors Down. And not and maybe some Avril Lavigne. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, right? Um, <laughs> she she got me through some tough times. That, I'm gonna get all kind of hell from that right there saying that. Yeah. At, at the, around that time, and one of the trips I came back from Iraq, there was a time where where you guys were doing uh, concerts for free to to veterans and, and active duty, and you you guys were doing a lot of cool stuff like that for for our, our military guys. Why do you why, why did Three Doors Down do that? Well, I mean, I, like I said, I served myself, and, uh, and and I know 100% that the guys in the military that are that are downrange and, and doing their thing, they're not doing it for the money. So when it comes to them, we don't do it for their money. You know what I mean? Uh, now, we, now we can't do every single thing for free because it costs, you know, it costs a little bit. Totally to understand. Overseas. Yep. So you know, there has to be something, but we do as much as we possibly can, and we do it for them because they do it for us. And we were supporting the military when it wasn't cool. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. And, it, and there was a few years where it wasn't cool and people didn't like what was happening and they didn't support the military. And they didn't care. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were there. And, and, and I'm not saying that because we deserve any accolades. We were there because it's in our blood to be there. We're Americans. We uh, we believe in what you guys do. And we are there with you 100 100,000 percent and we'll be forever. And that's just the way it is, man. Point blank. No questions asked. We will fight for you because you fight for us. 
and that's it. I'm not afraid to speak for my brothers and sisters on that, and we appreciate that a lot because there's so many that don't do that at all. Uh, I don't believe that anybody owes me anything for being a veteran. I don't believe the VA owes me anything. I believe that the taxpayers want to help us veterans out, and the money belongs to them. Yep. I need to be a good steward of that. Uh, and at the same time, the, the guys like you, there's nobody that says that you have to do what you do. It's your own choice, and we appreciate that, even especially when it's not cool to do that. So, you know, thank you guys for that. Go buy Three Doors Down albums. It's not American if you don't. Chris, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. If you ever have anything else that you want to talk about that, that you that's on your mind, something maybe have you on for something positive one day, like you had a really awesome class, you and your wife did, and you guys can talk about it or something like that. That would be awesome. So, Because okay. I, I try to not be so negative all the time on Gunfighter Cast, but there is some negativity here, but we can get some positives out of it. And sure. and it's uh, really good information. So, guys, go follow Chris, Facebook, Instagram. I'm going to have links to all that in the show notes. And uh, hopefully sometime in 2017, you'll see uh, me and Chris training together. Thanks for listening and until next time. See you guys later. Gunfighter Cast out.